You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Got to see Nick this past weekend at the yeah. Orange and Blue preview, review, whatever you want to call it. Show Debut. Debut. There you go. That makes more sense. How y'all boys feeling? Y'all good? This is the review of the Orange and Blue debut. That's good, Nick. And we're just happy Lions... Uh, uh, drone didn't get shot down, and we all weren't arrested on Thursday night. He's living living on the edge a little bit, man. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. No, it looked uh, looked like a ton of fun again. I wish I could have been there. Uh, Brooke's sister and her uh, other half were in town uh, for a couple of days. Got to go boating. Got to go to the beach. Did all those Tampa activities there from the Raleigh area. But uh, but I wish I could have been up there with you boys. But uh, watched the game on Thursday when we were out to dinner. So that was. Uh, an interesting thing to watch, and looking forward to chatting with you guys. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed yeah, the game. And, um, uh, I did, didn't get. To... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'm just, before we get into the game, uh, my weekend easy, easy weekend. No more football, so just baseball. Uh, Florida, Georgia, a wild night Friday night, and then uh, uh, Florida comes back, wins Saturday, Sunday, continues winning SEC series. I believe yeah. that's nine in a row or ten. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to my boy Perry from Twitter. Him and I have been, <laughs> I like been, that going, back and been going back and forth, creating lots of memes about Nick and, and Zach and enjoying, and Donovan even, enjoying when the baseball team beats the other uh, baseball team that we're playing. And it's been it's been enjoyable. If you haven't checked that out, uh, go check out my Twitter. Um, I don't remember Perry's off the top of my head, but but shout out to him. We retweeted something, but we've been we've been having fun with the memes on the uh, on the opposing baseball teams accounts. Your boy, your boy was looking good there, Dan. Thank you for uh, scrolling through my uh, my Facebook, finding that picture. Instagram, yep. I mean, just looking, just just got a dump truck. Yeah. Shout, shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. Looking great yeah. in high school. Shout out to the squats. Uh, shout out to the squats. Shout out um, to the squats. Shout out to no batting gloves. No batting gloves. I mean, that's, no batting that's gloves. Just, Nick. just what do you what do you mean? I just uh, a base. I'm just a ball player. Yeah, that's really. Gritty ball player, no batting gloves. We're just Nick O'Leary. The hands. And yeah, Nick, that's Nick O'Leary of St. Thomas Baseball. <laughs> that's that's me. Uh, what's your grandfather do for a living? Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I had a good weekend, man. I had a great weekend. Uh, uh, of course, we saw the game on Thursday. That wasn't a weekend, unfortunately. We we got to see that game on a Thursday, but uh, Friday, Saturday. A lot of rain down here in South Florida, so uh, didn't get to get out and enjoy the the beach and then a lot of the, the the outdoors that I normally do. But um, went up to Orlando, got some work done yesterday. Uh, a lot of content flowing. We shot some content Thursday, me and Nick out there um, at the spring game as well. So just content and relaxation was the was the vibes for this weekend, man. Yeah, no, my family's down there in Fort Lauderdale. Nick, uh, I know your family is too uh, impacted by the rain, or did it kind of stay away from from their part of Weston area? Yeah, I think they got a bunch of rain. Um, 
but uh the the where they live in weston the man-made you know lake behind them uh they've got drains in and out of the everglades so when rains come and they just suck the water out uh that does mean that we get alligators in the backyard mm. quite often um gators but, in the uh, house gators in the backyard i like it hey you yeah. gotta like the yeah. vibes there man yeah so the no they're all good um it's really the pictures you see is and Dan, you you probably know it's just that downtown Fort Lauderdale area. Yeah. Uh, where my friends live, but that I mean, it's just an old area. It does not drain well. Um, have mm. people swim coming to work? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta gotta up the PTO. Yeah. <laughs> it was um it, it was it was sad. My my parents are in the Coral Springs area, so you know about thirty minutes north of Fort Lauderdale, and I think that they got three or four inches of rain not the 21 inches of rain. It was just one small cell uh, that just absolutely destroyed um, Fort Lauderdale in the airport there. So uh, hopefully everybody is recovered and in uh, better, but certainly tough situation to see for the nine five four. But with, um, with that, let's get on to the show. What do you guys think? Um, we yes. are always sponsored by our friend, Alan Horn. Alan Horn, State Farm Insurance Agent based there in Georgia. If you're in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, give him a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Um, life insurance, boaters insurance, property and casualty insurance, auto, home, whatever it might be. Alan Horn, 706-692-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. If you are watching on Spotify, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. Please, please throw your comments in the comment section. And as always, super chat questions will be read live on the air. Uh, you guys talked about it. You guys were there on Thursday. Uh, Orange and blue debut in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, give us your thoughts. Um, I get uh, Zach gave me uh, an opportunity to talk before him, um, and we went eight mile. Uh, it was the last rap, last rap battle. I got on my soapbox, and Zach had nothing else to say. So, Corey, I'll let you go first. What was the experience like from not the cheap seats? Corey was drinking Pinky Up in Touchdown Terrace. I can see that, Bobby, man, on you Thursday know, night. Shout out to my man, Calf, uh, for you know, getting me uh, some Touchdown Terrace tickets. Uh, great vibrations. I didn't. Only thing I didn't like about a touchdown terrace. I know it's spring game. Y'all ain't got the greatest of foods out there, but uh, it was Lion, only Lion had that. Lion had the naked glizzy. He had a naked glizzy oh, again. Geez, uh, I asked for a bun with no glizzy, uh, and I dressed it like a regular hot dog. Man, me being like a nun eater that I am. Oh. Yeah, I got the bun. I put ketchup, relish, and mustard on it. Ate it like that, nigga. It was savagery time, man. I was starving. So if, if, if you guys don't know that are listening, a glizzy is a hot dog. Don't know where the phrase came from. It's been around for a while. Streets. Uh, the streets have called them glizzies. What Silk is telling you right now is that he got uh, a hot dog bun and put um, – hold, uh, hold on. Relish, hold on. ketchup, and <laughs> no, no, no. This needs to be mustard. This, this, this – I, I, any Florida Gators. This is, I stuttered. You took – you took a hot dog bun, yes, sir, and you put several condiments on it. You just I dressed it, it. Yeah, dressed you, it. I, I told the guy, right? So I walked up, Lion gets his glizzy, uh, and then he he get, he grabs the bun because it's not already put together. So he grabs the bun, and mm. he starts reaching over to the glizzy pan. I was like, Yo, 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 I want a hot dog minus the dog. <laughs> 
All right, I need uh, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this live or <laughs> in the back, I need you. What is more egregious? <laughs> a hot dog with no condiments Ooh. or just a bun with all the condiments? I'm not, address it. I'm not sure which one which one's more ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's nuts. I mean, both got <laughs> pretty nuts. Because it's big, you know, like oh, the vice is probably big. I can yeah, see the, that. The is flowing all day. It's been a long the day. Making, of, the guy uh, making yeah. minimum wage probably <laughs> serves you too and went, I'm not making enough money for this. Yeah, I got to yeah. get the hell out of here. Dude, that's nuts. <laughs> I can't uh, even wrap my head around the idea. It was like a Hawaiian-style bun, man. It was great. You had a pickle sandwich. With ketchup and mustard on it. That's what you had. You had a pickle sandwich. Yeah. I had a hot dog with no dog, man. You had a pickle sandwich with a, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Call it a sweet relish sandwich. We're not gonna do that. No, we're not gonna <laughs> do that. Oh man, bro, I was I was starving, man. Uh, did they get away from you sometimes, right? So I got yeah. out there. I went to go see the the new facility. Shout out to my man Nelly. Uh, uh, hooking me up with some uh, access to the building and, and the guy Marcus over there. Everybody that showed a lot of love, man. Nelly's the GOAT. Nelly's been around like five different staffs. He's been around since the urban regime. I don't know. He's the furniture, but shout out to my guy Nelly for hooking me up with that. Uh, got to see the building. Got to meet some people. But long, busy day. Got got distracted. And you know how sometimes you just forget to eat. And 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 the munchies start setting in. So we finally, I link up with, with Nick before we went up to the touchdown terrace. Um, and that's when I start realizing, bro, I haven't ate, but I said, yo, touchdown Terrace always got some grub, so I'm good to go. I walked in there, they had chips, um, a few other snacks, but only like food, substantial food was the glizzies. But couldn't you walk like outside into the concourse and probably find another place that might have been open serving food? Glizzies and popcorn. Like, I don't know, like, I don't have the popcorn got butter on it, Dan, so can't eat that. Yeah. I had to dress the bun. I had no choice. Listen, what if you just? I know desperate yourself. times call for desperate measures. I'm just struggling getting this one wrapped around my what, head. What if you just loved yourself and started eating meat again? No, I just, enjoyed it. And in a vacuum, self, that just a little crazy. self care. Just a little self care. Hey man, don't knock it till you try. Have you tried a? a, a, a no, I bag? haven't. Okay, I haven't then. tried a pickle like sandwich with ketchup and mustard. I haven't. <laughs> Especially like how Low on the list. Russian or relish right. becomes, right? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like it's like, it's like nuclear green too. It's like it's like the Incredible Hulk shade of green. I thought this was a safe place. It is no, no, no. It, it was. I, I feel unsafe. You. I feel just... unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what you're capable of now? Oh my God! All right. So outside of Silk's uh, food choices, which again, Silk, you know your life, your body. Um, no man, your I, feel, body, your I, choice, feel, I feel, right? uh, I feel um, like I was doing something egregious, but uh, I had to yeah, share. Th- this is a pretty egregious thing. I don't, I, I don't think you're going to have a lot of people that defend you. I think they're going to have a lot of people that say, you know what, Silk, you do you. Uh, but the game- <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the games Thursday. Um, what'd you guys think? Uh, I, I, I think I think there's some like over. I, I didn't catch the game like I wanted to live. Yeah, uh, just working a little bit uh, in and out of the concourse, getting stuff done, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I got home, rewatched the game, uh, didn't see terrible quarterback play like everybody yeah. alluded to. 
Didn't see anything uh, great from the quarterback position, but I didn't see incompetence. Um, I seen some 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 good, you know, leadership of the offense. I didn't see terrible quarterback play. I just didn't see anything. Uh, I seen a stopgap energy. Uh, Jack Miller may have played a little bit better, but I think they both made some uh, good plays. I think the offensive line um, needs to block better. Uh, we were missing some guys, so I think that was more of an issue. I think the young wide receivers probably going to play more just from a separation standpoint, just uh, watching the the, the film. And I heard Billy didn't call the plays, but watching the game, wasn't a lot of separation from the wide receiver position. Uh, could be route concept, but I didn't see receivers separating. The only receivers I really seen separating, um, shout out to the young boy, Aiden Mazel. Uh, mm-hmm. He he drew two pass interference calls just from speed and separation, guys grabbing him because he's moving past him. So uh, that's a take that I have. I think there were young wide receivers, of course, uh, in the spring. You got to see the veteran guys play more. They're, they're more uh, acclimated to college football and the offense. But uh, we're going to need guys to be able to separate and make Mertz and Jack Miller, whoever's the guy, their job easier if we don't get a quarterback this second window. So I, I didn't see terrible quarterback play. I didn't see a lot of errant throws and interceptions or anything like that or them looking like they didn't know how to run the offense. Um, I just seen a lot of sacks. Offensive line needs to protect better. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we also can run the ball better. I think we have our solidified offensive line. But that's my overall take from the offense. And part of the reason why – <clears throat> um, I'm down on what I think Florida's record will be next year is I think most of your – why I'm down on Florida's record but still think that Billy is building the right way is I think most of the talent you have has either been added through the transfer portal or in the recruiting classes. And yeah. even if you're going to play the best available, like those guys are still 18 years old, 19 years old, freshman, mm-hmm. sophomore. You're gonna you're gonna take your lumps because you're playing young guys. I think you're gonna play a mixture of the veteran guys and the younger guys. Um, but I just think when you look at the receiver room, uh, when you look at um, the tight ends, Arles Boardingham, I think is probably your best tight end, and might have been your best tight end before the injuries. Um, right, sure, freshman. Um, I think the best receivers outside of Ricky um, Xavier Henderson's had an awesome spring. Um, so maybe outside of those two are the two freshmen. And, and then I think I'll, I'll throw Eugene Wilson into that mix too. Um, yeah. I think and, Douglas and had a good good spring. He's got to hold on to the ball, either yeah, catching he, it or not fumbling. He, he yeah, he got to figure that out. Other than that, man, I like I like his game a little bit. Yeah, let's run um, through a, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Nick. Um, Gators, the final score ends up being 10-7. to 7. Trey Smack, who had previously missed two field goals in the game, uh, did kick one, I guess, as – they said time expired. Obviously, some wonky uh, timekeeping during this game. Not quite the same way Florida State did to try to make themselves look good, but uh, that's neither here nor there. 505 total yards and 22 combined drives. 12 uh, of those drives la- lasted, lasted pardon me, just four plays or fewer. Um, obviously, you, you had a bunch of injuries on the offensive line, a bunch of people not playing. But ultimately, guys, I know I just – I didn't see terrible QB play. I didn't see a lot of great QB play. I saw a lot of QB play that got interrupted by bad snaps, uh, by a defense that seemingly is is quite a bit better than at least the way that they played last year. Now, that could that be because Flores' offense just isn't good? Who knows? But I didn't see a terrible 
uh, quarterback play. I, you know, I thought Graham Mertz was okay. What did he go in the game? He goes 18 for 29, 244 yards and a touchdown, you know, has been here for three months. We'll see what happens during the summer. Billy Napier said that Florida is going to address that position uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, the, the things are in motion, whether that yeah. means a, a transfer portal, we he didn't well, say let's, that. Let's let's get into that real quick because yeah. um so Billy was asked about the transfer portal, and then I wanted to narrow it down to quarterbacks. Well, you only have three scholarship quarterbacks. What are you doing? He said, Well, we have we're gonna address that position. We have something in the works right now. A lot of people took that to mean Billy's going to get a transfer quarterback. Mm-hmm. And we joke around tongue in cheek a lot here on this podcast, being like, yo, you need to tamper harder. Um, Billy Napier was not answering my question, being like, you know what, Nick? We've listened to Stadium and Gale, friend of the show, former yeah, guest big, of the show, yeah. um, was not saying we are tampering like hell, Nick. Um, I think when Billy says, and if you read between the lines, wrote a story about this, Billy is talking about Austin Simmons, who I believe will reclassify it to 2023. Not saying, yes, Nick, we have reached out to Kayla Williams at USC to see if he wants to come and, and win a Heisman here. We'll build him a statue outside. Mm-hmm. I think Billy's talking about Simmons reclassifying, not saying, yes, we are, you know, because on uh, the portal's open now, but on the 13th, it wasn't uh, that we are tampering with any and every quarterback. That's Silk's job. Uh, he's uh, an unofficial member of the staff. I think I think they need to be. They need to be. Regardless of Simmons reclassifying or what they're doing, I think they need to be because you just get stopgap fields with the quarterback position. Like yeah. these guys are, um, mm-hmm. like you said, it's not terrible quarterback play, but I think we got some talent on, on the team right now to go win some games. And I don't want to sell us short. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that's, that's going to be hitting the portal. Uh, regardless of what Simmons does, I think we need to be aggressive with trying to bring in a, a, a better stopgap guy. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin brought three guys in to try to figure out his quarterback position, and it was more solidified than ours. So. It's just a game, bro. You got to bring in a prolific passer of some sort. You just can't sit back here and be pedestrian at the quarterback spot. And you just can't wait a year, right? There's opportunities for these guys to transfer, especially one time right away. Um, you can't afford to, to lose your young guys. You can't afford to lose an Andy Jean or a Mizell or a Wilson or somebody else that says, hey, I'm going to go somewhere. You can't afford to lose a – whoever it might be, because you don't have a, a capable quarterback. Now, do you guys think that Miller played better or Mertz played better? What do you guys – give us your thoughts back on what we have at quarterback right now. Because if Austin Simmons comes in, we can't expect a 17-year-old to supplant a 22-year-old, a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, can we? No, no, um, I, don't, I don't think you have enough time. Like you yeah. come in here in a fall camp. He, I heard he's a brilliant kid, smart kid, but you, you, you're just not being realistic, uh, and, and you're not putting him in the best situation to be uh, successful as a college quarterback. Throwing him into the fire yeah. at 17 years old uh, when he was just about to be a junior quarterback in high school. Right. So to me, that does nothing about solving the position for this year, right. which is why I wonder if there's not still not two opportunities, right? There's not an opportunity for Austin Simmons to reclassify and also not a chance that Florida tries to go out and get somebody. Um, yeah. So Simmons gives you depth. Um, I don't think that uh, 170 pound 17 uh, year old is, is your answer for 2023. Um, I agree. I think, 100%. I think, I think Billy Napier is more than content 
with Graham Mertz um, and Jack Miller. I think they've done everything to create a situation for Graham Mertz to win the job. He just hasn't um, had all spring to do it. We left this spring game without a starting quarterback. A year ago this time, we left the spring game, and it was no question who your starting quarterback was going to be. It was going to be Anthony Richardson. Obviously. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. You're not going into the portal just to grab a quarterback. You're going into the portal if – you know, there's a guy like a Grayson McCall who you think can come in, get the playbook and start versus Utah uh, and make your make your team and your offense better. Um, but I think, you know, listen, Billy Napier said it. We, we studied 24 quarterbacks in the portal. We like Graham Mertz. We think he can lead us. I, I think 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 that's where he sits right now after after 15 spring practice. He should I, say I that, think, though. No, I think I, I think I, he I, I think that. I think he said it. I think he believes it. I think he believes that. Graham Mertz is good enough to be Florida's starting quarterback in 2023. I, I don't know that Florida will go out in the transfer portal and get a quarterback unless it's someone that that they that they believe can start against Utah. I think like you got to go because, in and get just a guy. Yeah, but there's so many guys out there uh, with like a higher ceiling. Like you see Malik Murphy out there. I don't Texas. think Malik Murphy is going to be better than Graham Mertz. I, I disagree with that. Uh, I think I think uh, Malik Murphy's gonna play on Sundays. Uh, I think he has great arm talent. Um, I think he's he's a, a difference maker when he leaves the pocket. He can make some things happen with his feet, um, and he also has uh, less amount of baggage as far as like bad plays and being playing for bad coordinators and all that. Uh, playing with Sark and playing with Paul Chris is two totally different things. Yeah. I think he'll come in with with a better IQ as a quarterback and also mm-hmm. better development. Um, and also, I just seen some arm talent that's that's probably some of the top arm talent in the country watching him play a spring game. I'm not saying he's uh, uh, Michael Vick or nothing, but um, there was some very impressive throws that he's making out there at Texas. Uh, and there's some other quarterbacks around the country. Uh, I think um, whether he does it or not, we'll see because uh, the port is opening now. Uh, if you've seen the quarterback position, you've seen us play, it's pedestrian. And then mm-hmm. all the, the nerds he got in, that, in, in the room of analytics, they have to know as well that, you can't play in this league. You can't play in college football and be even halfway successful without a good quarterback. We had a guy that's about to go uh, possibly top five overall, and we, we won six games. Uh, you, 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 what do you think you're going to do with a Graham Mertz or Jack Miller? So it's just, I, I think it would be uh, short-sighted if they wouldn't look at the entire quarterback pool around the country, all the quarterback battles that everybody's watching and interested in from Bama to Georgia to old old Miss is kind of dead because those guys were out to sit a year, but you have Texas. It's a lot of quarterback battles. USC is just look around the country. It's a lot of opportunities. Um, are, are all those guys going to hit the portal? We don't know that either. So you got to wait to see who hits the portal. You know, McCall's a good name if he's figured out a class or a course and, he, and if he's still interested in hit the portal. But um, I don't know, man, Jack Miller or Graham Merce, I don't think either look better than either. I thought mm-hmm. both of them look like okay older guys uh, that'll get you, you know, to move the chains and you depend on your run game. Uh, mm-hmm. And that would make our offensive line would just have to be in very healthy and very good all year for us to have a successful season. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that there's there's much more that you could say other than what you said about you know Florida's quarterback situation right now. I don't know what Florida will do uh, at the position. However, moving forward, I think that right now Florida is either going to accept 
that either Jack Miller or Graham Mertz are pretty similar quarterbacks. Statistically, they both were in the same ballpark uh, with each other in the game on Thursday. Florida either needs to figure out a way to get a starting quarterback in that can learn the playbook in a few months and be able to start. Um, Florida also has to figure out if Austin Simmons is going to come and DJ Lagway is going to come, there's going to be a transfer out of there, right? So what is Florida going to do, right? I, I don't see, you know, Brown sticking around with these guys coming in, right? If he's not given that opportunity, uh, which I don't see it happening, right? He might have the, the most live arm, but he's by far a decent third uh, in that room. So what does Florida do, right? If you go after a guy like Malik Murphy, you know, he's here for a few years, right? So does that change Austin Simmons? Does it change DJ Lagway? What does it do, you know, for Florida's future at the position? I don't know. These are all things that you have to think about. Malik Murphy's never played a game. I don't know what Malik Murphy's going to look like in a year, right? I don't know what Malik Murphy would look like in, in August. Is he a guy that can lead Florida against Utah? I don't know. Do I think that he's talented? Absolutely. But those are all things you have to consider, and I'm just – I'm very bearish on Florida at the quarterback position right now because I don't know what the option is without it having a big domino effect that could affect the future that are Graham Mertz and Jack Miller good enough to be able to get short and intermediate passes. Yes. Do I think that maybe if they can build some confidence, they can hit some of the, the longer passes. Absolutely. Do I think that this is going to go down in a year where Florida is going to rely almost exclusively on the running back game? Yeah. Um, you saw, Three great running backs. Cam Carroll is going to get the ball next year, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, you look at, uh, I mean, the offensive line better be healthy. I know our defensive yeah. line is going to be the strength of our team, but that defensive line was eaten. Um, and yeah. as well as our, our running running game didn't look terrible, but uh, you're going to need a, a healthy offensive line all year. Um, with the, I think they're going to go back in the portal. Um. I think there's a couple guys that they're they're going to be targeting uh, here to to solidify that team or solidify that that part of the ball, but they are not looking good at offensive line right now. Obviously, there's some injuries uh, and you're missing a couple starters, but that was not good at all. Yeah, the um, the offensive line is banged up. You don't have Mike Mazuka. You're not playing with. You're playing without Kingsley Egwakan. Yeah, Egwakan. Egwakan. It's gonna take me a minute to get out of that that bad habit. Um, but uh, I wanted to see can even banged up. Can you stand up to what I think is is going to be a really good Florida defensive line? Um, they're deeper. They have more talent than they did last year. Um, and that's crazy to say when you consider losing Javon Dexter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Florida's defensive line as a whole has more talent. Um, yep. and, and, and I said this <clears throat> and more said, depth. I said this before it happened now. Like, you know, Gravon leaving, y'all said it was a big thing. I said, I don't I don't know if it is. I mean, he's a, a specimen and he's hard to replace, a, like a for sure NFL guy. But I thought defensive tackle, uh, Caleb Banks looks incredible. He's gonna be mm-hmm. a guy, he ain't just mm-hmm. a, a guy that's getting developed, he's a guy that's gonna contribute and is gonna take some snaps away from. Other people at a defensive tackle position. Cam Jackson looked great, mm-hmm. um, but I was I was bullish on the defensive tackle room. Uh, I thought the Gravon exit and and people saying it was going to be a big void. Uh, I like Caleb Banks' uh, clips that I seen. I thought he had a good get off. Um, he showed himself on the other side of the ball and it caused some havoc this spring game. Been hearing he been I've been hearing he's been doing it all spring practice. So um, that was good to see. But we're gonna have to get better at offensive line. You know. Um, mm-hmm. 
I like I like the pieces that we brought in, and all mm -hmm. those pieces together are going to gel well. But how often do you keep an entire offensive line together a whole season? We seen when Osiris Torrance went down, we couldn't run the ball whenever he was out of game. So you got to have quality depth, and we need to grab some depth pieces. It was good to see our offensive line play with scraps, play mm -hmm. with the, the main guys because you get you can see that now in the season if we run into uh, um, Mazuka and and how did you say it again? Iguakin. Iguakin. If you get into the season and both of those guys are having injury issues, you get to see what, what this will look like without those guys. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with that comment, uh, Silk, I want to pause on uh, the orange and blue debut uh, because we want to uh, talk about the other big announcement that happened in Florida Gator Sports uh, last week, and that was the creation of Florida Victorious. And so we are going to have – CEO Nate Barbera join us here in a second, but we do need to pay some bills around here. So want to give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit alumnihall.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. They just dropped in uh, some new bomber jackets that look similar to those old starter jackets of back in the day. Uh, they will be released in the next few weeks. You can buy them now. I think they get shipped in the next seven or eight weeks. Uh, but go ahead, use promo code Stadium Gale. That will give you nearly $30 off your purchase. So again, alumnihall.com for all your Florida Gator vintage clothing uh, and apparel. A lot of other schools. They just announced University of Northern Iowa, I think last week too. So if you've got a fan of a, somebody that lives in Iowa, uh, go give them a, a look at as well. So again, alumnihall.com. And with that, we welcome CEO of Florida Victorious, Nate Barbera to the show. Nate, how are you, my friend? Doing great. Good morning. Good morning, my friend. Happy Monday. It is great. It is great to see you. Uh, I know that we got the chance to meet last year at the LSU game. Asok, I believe you were there for a few minutes as well. Uh, but uh, but Nate, uh, it's it's a pleasure. I know at the time we were we were talking about fast uh, and uh, everything was a little under the radar there. You got to tell me about everything that you guys were building. But uh, for everybody that that wants to know about you, about fast, about Florida Victorious, why don't you give us your uh, your high level you know elevator story? Absolutely. Well, look, we all know that Gator Nation wants to win and we want to do it the right way. And so that's what Florida Victorious is focused on. Our sole focus is making sure that we position the Gators in a, in a spot where we can be victorious uh, and we can do it with integrity. We, we do that three different ways. One, by delivering life-changing impact for our student athletes using their name, image, and likeness as a force for good in the community. That's through the Florida Victorious Foundation, which is previously known as FAST. Two, providing unique experiences and access and content for our fans through Florida Victorious, which has the subscription memberships from $15 to $250 a month. <clears throat> and three, creating value for our charities and our other sponsors and partners through our promotional activities. So Florida Victorious has a number of business partner, uh, business sponsors already, and we'd love to add more. Um, all of that is done with the goal of rallying Gator Nation behind the Gators and UF student athletes to help us win. Uh, it's gonna take everyone. And so our the, the reason we built this as we did was to create something for everyone an opportunity for everyone to get involved, everyone to support the Gators and make a difference because it does make a difference. And that's the only way we're going to win. 
I, Nate, want to want to talk a little bit about you as an individual first before we kind of get into the University of Florida uh, and uh, in Florida Victorious. What, what's your background? How did you ultimately get connected to the university? And then as you guys were, were looking at, at growing uh, Florida, what, what's now known as Florida Victorious, you built out a, a hell of a staff to join you. So talk to us a little bit about your origin story and then building the organization. Yeah. Um... Well, look, the FAST got its start in June of 2022 with Jose Costa, who is a member of the UF Foundation Executive Board. He's a proud UF alum and a very successful business person based in Miami, Florida. Uh, I've worked for Jose for the last six years in various capacities in his uh, in the family business that he eventually sold, as well as uh, in additional uh, opportunities over the last six years. Um, and so he decided that he was going to step up and do what he could to make a difference for UF student athletes in the form of a 501c3 nonprofit. That was the Florida Achievement Support Trust that is now Florida Victorious Foundation. Um, and he called me up and said, hey, I need your help. He knows I'm a big sports fan, uh, big fan of the Gators. And, um, and so he asked me if I would help him get this done. And uh, I told him absolutely yes. And the rest has been history. From uh, my background in particular, I uh, have a mechanical engineering undergrad, uh, I have an MBA from Harvard Business School, uh, and uh, have done a variety of different things in both business and engineering. Most recently, I was uh, I do a lot of consulting work for different businesses, as well as I've run sales teams, I've run uh, engineering teams, uh, and done a, uh, also actually had a startup that went on Shark Tank back in 2015. So. Uh, done a lot of different things. And I think the um, one thing I've learned is, you know, just say yes. When a cool opportunity comes around like this, um, you never expect it to happen. But when you do have the opportunity to make a difference, you say yes and you jump in head first and try to make it happen. And so, but the reality is, guys, it's not about me. It's This is about the team and it's about all of Gator Nation. We The only way we got to this launch last Tuesday was with a phenomenal team. We've got Lisa Benchaim, who is on our um, was our first hire for the Florida Achievement Support Trust. She is our head of uh, of student athlete and charity engagement. She makes sure that everything behind the scenes gets done on time every time. Uh, we have Ryan Dunn, who until a few a few weeks ago was part of the, uh, the Scott Strickland staff. Um, he is our chief of staff for uh, Florida Victorious. We have. Um, we have Eric Reasoner, who is our director of development. Uh, he came, he spent four or five years with the Gator Boosters, and then he led athletic fundraising at Georgia Southern and then at Colorado State for a brief period of time. And he, we brought him home. His wife's a Gator. He's a Gator. Uh, and so he's excited to be back on board. Uh, and then we have, uh, we have Felipe Torres, who's our CFO. He's a double Gator in accounting, uh, bachelor's and master's. Uh, and then we have Jen Grosso, uh, who's been phenomenal. She came over from the Gator Collective. Uh, it's a diehard, passionate Gator and incredibly sharp, very good at everything that she does. And she's helping us as our director of fan engagement. So we've got a phenomenal team. The reality is if you want to win, you've got to have a team. You've got to do it professionally. This is, this is not a fly-by-night organization. This is an organization that's being built from the ground up. We're investing in the team to be able to do it in a way that's going to make all of Gator Nation proud. 
Uh, and that's and that's how we're going to do it. We're going to win, and we're going to do it the right way with an awesome team. Now, the um, we, we talked about this a little bit, Nate, you and I. Um, what are some of the ways to get people in and, and take this opportunity to talk about the 96 Club, which I think might be a little expensive for, for a lot of people, but but some cool ideas behind the 96 Club and, and just some any, any other ideas for fan engagement and, and to get um, – that, you know, people involved in, in Florida Victorious. Absolutely. So you mentioned it, Nick, we, our tiers are from $15 to $250 a month. And so at the base tier at $15 a month, you get access to content, you get access to events and activities that we'll be scheduling and managing going forward. Uh, you get a decal and a bunch of other benefits. Um, on the, on the higher end of the spectrum, as you mentioned, the 96 Club is what I think is the most exciting tier. Yeah, it's $96 a month, um, which is a pretty penny for sure, but uh, we hope that there are folks who are excited about this opportunity to engage with, uh, with UF greats in a, in a new and exciting way. Uh, every member of the 96 Club gets a 96 Club polo and a visor with the logo that was designed by Gator great James Bates. And, uh, and we will also then be having an annual event at Spurrier's with the head ball coach himself and, and a number of other members of the 96 championship team. At the end of the day, we thought this was a great, unique tier uh, that really focuses on what we want to get back to, which is winning championships. I like it. I like it. Um, I like the rebrand, like the logo. Um, we met at the, like, yeah. like Dan said, at the uh, LSU tailgate. Good to see um, you. Right. Likewise. Likewise. Um, speaking of the rebrand, like what, what what message are you saying uh, to the average fan? Because the collective, of course, went through a, a lot of uh, things towards the end. There, what, what what is your you guys's message to you know the fan that's still a little skeptical or just want to wait things out? Uh, what would you say to that fan? Well, first, I would just say that this is a this is a rebrand of FAST, the Florida Achievement Support Trust. It's not a rebrand of the Gator Collective. Um, this is a different team, as you just heard, uh, different goals. The Gator Collective did a, a lot of wonderful things for student athletes over the course of the last year and a half. Um, you know, hundreds of student athletes that they were able to support uh, and in, in general just did, a, did great work for UF and were the first ones to step to step up and step up to the plate to make a difference in an IL at University of Florida. Um, that said, we are we are different where we are focused on doing things the way that, uh, you know, that we did them with fast uh, and, and building out from there. Um, what I would say to those who are who are skeptical about the organization I would say look at look at the team that was brought on board. Look at the advisory board, who agreed to help support us. Um, this is a this is a serious professional organization that's going to do things the right way in a way that will make all of Gator Nation proud. And I'll tell you, if you want to see the Gators win, this is a necessary aspect of everything that goes on in uh, in college football today. NIL is an important piece of the puzzle. It's not the only piece of the puzzle by any stretch, but it's an important piece of the puzzle. And so if we want to see the Gators be successful, this needs to be successful. And the only way we'll be successful is if people get up off the couch and make it happen. No doubt. That's just a fact. Yeah, that is a fact. Uh, Nate, I, I got some questions just about NIL. Is I, when NIL came out a few years ago, I don't think that there was any real idea that collectives would be 
kind of the main thing driving NIL, right? I think a lot of people thought it'd be businesses, small businesses, whatever it might be, they were going to do kind of local deals. And the collective part came in. Uh, and uh, you know, the Gator Collective is probably the name, the reason that collectives are, are used in, in part of the vernacular, right? So over the last two years, couple of years where NIL has been around the, the college football landscape, there's been a lot of criticism of collectives. There's been a lot of legislation where we're still trying to figure out the role of collectives. There's been a lot of just discussion about NIL as a whole. Where do you guys and your team envision NIL going over the next few years? The role of, of a collective versus connecting with you know, large businesses, small businesses. What, what's kind of the, the nature of NIL around Florida over the next couple of years, in your opinion? It's a great question. Uh, and I think I'll tell you, if I had a crystal ball, uh, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Uh, <laughs> the, the reality is uh, we don't know where it's going to go. Um, it could change tomorrow. Yeah. But that's partially why we built the team the way we built the team. Um, we recognize that uh, and, and we built out the organization the way we built out the organization. Uh, we recognize that things will change, uh, and we recognize that we've got to be ready for them. So we've got a multifaceted model where we've mm-hmm. got uh, fan subscriptions, we've got business sponsorships, and we've got nonprofit donations, each um, playing a, an important role in our organization. And so as the landscape continues to shift, we'll have – multiple ways to engage with the uh, with the fan and with the with the UF alumni base. And so I think that will help us. Um, the other thing I would say is that you know, we've got a team that's ready to tackle any challenge. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to say what the future's going to Yeah, be. sure. Tell you, I just have no idea. Um, but what I can tell you is that we've got a strong team that's ready to go, that we're not afraid of a challenge and we're not afraid of change. Um, and, you know, we're, we're guided by – the, the same principles that I think are that the UAA goes by, which is they want to build a championship experience with integrity. Uh, and as long as we do that with our NIL organization, we'll create an organization that is strong, sustainable, and makes all of Gator Nation proud. And then at launch, how many student athletes, not just football, but student athletes, um, do you guys have signed up or, or, or plans to sign up and, and, just how broad uh, of a brush will you hit Gator Gators athletics with? So at launch, we had over 85 student athletes under contract. Um, the majority of them being on the football team, as you all saw, it's 64 student athletes on the football team um, and a number from other sports, uh, including the entire women's softball team as well. Um, so where is this going in the future? We would love to be able to offer NIL opportunities to every single student athlete at the University of Florida. Um, that's where we want to be. We, we see the need, we see the reason, uh, and we see the impact that each and every one of those student athletes can have. And so that's our goal. That said, we cannot get there overnight. We, uh, and it's, so it's going to take us some time, so please be patient. But the way we get there faster is by getting more funding, getting more memberships, getting more subscriptions, getting more nonprofit donations. The more we get in, the more we can put, we can uh, we can send right back out, and the more student athletes we can add. I could envision a space, you know, a place where in the next year, two years, we've got every single student athlete with an exciting NIL opportunity working with Florida Victorious. And, and just a, a question for maybe the the, the person that's uninformed um, with, with NIL and recruiting. 
um, how would you guys be working in a, in a recruiting uh, perspective? Uh, because I know average fan, every time we whiff on a recruit or miss on a recruit, they can be like, oh, what am I donating my money for? And we missed on this we've recruit. Already, we've already seen it. Yeah. yeah we've already seen it. So uh, just to educate the average person so they don't think uh, you're paying the recruits uh, uh, on the trail or anything like that. Just to educate yes. them. Um, how they, do you guys they just personally in every recruit's living room that you want. Yeah. Handing them a, a Louis duffel bag. That's how it works, right? Or is it the McDonald's bag? Yeah, either we, one. We, you know, we be very, very clear here. We only work with current University of Florida student-athletes. So when a student-athlete enrolls at the University of Florida and is on campus, it's at that point that we would, uh, that we would even entertain discussing with them an NIL opportunity. Our goal is to make the NIL opportunities on campus for the current student athletes so attractive that it's a no-brainer for someone who's considering the University of Florida. Um, our, that's our goal. We want to create the best possible opportunities for, for NIL for current UF student athletes. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's how it should be designed as well. That's more name, image, likeness, and, and less, you know, uh, paying people for things they haven't actually, you know, earned yet. So mm-hmm. I, I do like that approach and that's how I should work. We've said and, that. And I think show. it, and I think it comes in, it comes into play in recruiting when the, when the recruiters on campus and, you know, a Derek Wingo or somebody says, Oh, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Or, Hey, sorry, I have to go run. I'm doing this with uh Florida victorious. And okay, what's that? And then I think you start to get the education piece when recruits are on campus and the guys who are, Florida, Florida athletes, student athletes are talking to them about the opportunities that they've had. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Just to be clear, this, this is about this is about current student athletes and giving them opportunities to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. No uh, Nate, there's a, a question from Harrison Sanchez here in the chat. It says, "Can you please ask Nate what the new legislation in Florida will do to the NIL landscape in Florida?" I, so I'm I'm not a politician, not a legislator. Yeah. Um, I'll let the legislators do the legislating. Um, but it, it does it does certainly uh, help open up some of the lines of communication mm-hmm. between us and the and the university. Uh, we've had a very strong relationship with the university, obviously independent and not a, not affiliated with the University of Florida, uh, but we we do meet regularly with the compliance team. Uh, to make sure that we're dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's and making sure that we're doing things the right way. Um, the new legislation um, has some impact, but the reality is we're also just very, uh, very careful about all the NCAA rules as well. Perfect. Uh, gentlemen, any final questions from Nate before we get out? I do have one final question, but uh, if you guys have anything else. Yeah, we uh, we were just joking, Nate, because the, there will be fans who will uh, – Blame oh, yeah. Florida victorious when someone goes somewhere. We uh, we weren't saying that uh, that uh, you guys are are paying recruits or anything like that. We think that's oh, no. pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, and- despite what 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 will come up on social media when uh, a recruit from Texas wants to go to the University of Texas and not Florida or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is just important to keep that crystal clear. Yeah. I do want to say I love I love the video you guys put out. I love everybody that's involved. Uh, Laura, Laura, um, what's Rutledge, up? Rutledge, Rutledge. Uh, did a video. All of the content looks super professional. Looks super sleek. I uh, love the approach. Uh, love, I'm, I'm excited to uh, support, man. I think what you guys are doing is dope. 
Awesome. Thank you very much. So I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's going to be a heck of a ride. We're just getting started. So I told my team on, on Tuesday, this is the end of the beginning. Uh, and now we're rolling. So let, let's go. Uh, and we need everybody's help to help us win. It's like, a, it's like the end of the foreword in a book. You're in chapter one now. Mm. We, just, we just finished reading the foreword. That's right. That's right. right. We're just getting started, man. Yep. But it, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's positive. It's going to be a game changer. Um, and, uh, and we're doing it the way that you know, all of Gator Nation should be proud of. We're, we're, we're very excited as a, uh, as a group and as a fan base to have folks like you and your team, Brian Klatsky and his teams over at Gatorverse and a lot of the other folks that are involved in NIL at the University of Florida. I want to give a shout out to Ben Chase and a number of others that work in the compliance side and work at giving these student athletes an opportunity. It's been incredible to watch. It's been incredible to see. NIL and uh, you know these players getting paid and getting opportunities and and what those opportunities and what those doors open beyond just the big name football player but for the gymnasts and for the softball you know athletes and and all of those in between it's it's incredible to watch uh, Nate uh, before we let you off we we do have to get your opinion on a subject that we talked about at the beginning of the show uh, Silk was at the game on Thursday. Uh, and he was in the touchdown terrace area. And so we need to get your opinion on which one you would rather eat uh, before we get out. Uh, one is a hot dog with no condiments, and one is a hot dog bog filled with condiments, sans hot dog. Which one would you prefer? So Silk has made a choice to be uh, vegetarian, so he couldn't eat the hot dog, which I don't even know if that's real meat, Silk. You'd probably be fine eating it. I think you might be okay <laughs> eating it. Um, but I'm, I would be a, a, a hot dog with no condiments kind of guy. Okay. Uh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> mm. not a, I'm not a big condiment guy myself anyway. So, you uh, get you yeah, yeah, relish sandwich, bro. It went down smoother, man. That, that dry dog and that dry bun is going to go down rough, Nate. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you have a beer to wash it down with. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I love it. Well, Nate, thank you so much for your time, my friend. And we will uh, hopefully chat with you often and, and best of luck with everything that you guys Absolutely. have going on. Oh, thank oh! You before you leave, let everybody know where they can where they can follow uh, Florida Victorious Visit, uh, learn more about what you guys are offering. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dan. FloridaVictorious.com. Join now. Uh, any of our subscription options as well as the nonprofit donation or one-time uh, pledge. We, you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, uh, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Florida under FL underscore Victorious, uh, everywhere except for Facebook, which is uh, FL dot Victorious. Uh, thank you guys very much. By the way, tonight we have a uh, an awesome Future of Gators NIL Town Hall event. It's going to be happening at six o'clock. So if you guys are interested in joining, sign up. Go to our website, uh, join via Twitter, etc. There'll be a Zoom pod, uh, webinar with Scott Strickland, Coach Napier, and Jose Costa, who's the founder and chairman of Florida Victorious, answering questions. It's hosted by Laura Rutledge. Uh, it should be a great 45-hour conversation. Wow. So, That's a who's who. Go check it out, everybody. Go check great. out Florida Victorious's website. Nate, my friend, we appreciate you. Hopefully this was a, an enjoyable uh, opportunity and experience for you in the first week. and look forward to continuing to support you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks, right, brother. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go ahead. Take care. Nate Barbera with Florida Victorious. Excited to, uh, to have them as a part of the Gator Nation NIL 
landscape. Damn, why you putting that in my business, bro? Yeah. <laughs> he was going to listen to the show. He was going to have an opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I wanted this, to be, This might be. This is this an opportunity. Not, not to take over a great question that you've had, Silk, but this might be in addition to who has the best hands on the team, who has the worst hot dog <laughs> in the company. Bruh, I was, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't do it. I was in the crunch. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah no, we I'm all, not a hot dog eater, man. We all make mistakes in crunch time. So, the, the hot dog is the, 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 the actual dog yeah. itself, right? So, yeah. um, I don't even know if and you call a hot dog sandwich. Not. No, know, no, no, no. He had sandwich. a pickle, pickle sandwich. But we have, we, we, we've had the debate before whether a hot dog's a sandwich, right? It's not. It's it is. Not a it is a sandwich. How, how is not, it not? Let's not go off the rails. No, 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 no. You are not escaping. Stop. Stop. You are not escaping this. I'm asking you a question. A hot dog is the meat portion, right? It's a sandwich. You take <clears throat> the meat portion out, and then you just have the bun. Silk put condiments in that bun, and you called it a relish sandwich. sandwich right? So I'm asking why if I insert the dog between the bun – why that's no longer a sandwich. What in the insertion process changes it? I mean, at what point do we stop? Is, is cereal soup? I'm so guys, you, it's first cold. off, this yeah. is what we call a distraction. <laughs> I, need having, you to, having, I need you to answer the I need you to change. I need, no, I need you to there's 136 people watching live stream yeah. right now. Hey, y'all like this? Y'all hit like real quick. Yeah, yeah. Please hit the like button. We should have 136 likes. If we have 135, we got one hater amongst us. <laughs> um, so, so Silk, explain to everybody why they're hitting the like. Or Nick, while they're hitting the like button, why a hot dog is not a sandwich, but while a hot dog bun with condiments is a sandwich. Go ahead. It's it, yeah, it's its own thing. A hot dog is its own category. It's hot mm -hmm. dog. Um, a hamburger. I wouldn't call a hamburger a sandwich. Uh, mm -hmm. That's a it's a burger. Um, wouldn't call cereal soup. Wouldn't call my uncle my aunt. I wouldn't make a soup with thing. milk. So um, that would be weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're getting we're getting off the rails here. I tried to uh, stop it. Super producer Cam said it's a hot dog. Insert the oh, dog between listen, the bun. Dam. Here's my take on the uh, on the the burger thing. Right. So they're all sandwiches. A hot dog is yeah. a sandwich. A burger is a sandwich. A sub is a sandwich. Mm -hmm. All these are different styles of sandwiches, but right. they are sandwiches. Yep. Not what you had. Yeah, that's you a called it a sandwich. Bro. You called it a relish sandwich. That's a vegan a hot dog. Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're off the rails here. Um, <laughs> I had a vegan hot dog, bro. bro hot dogs might be vegan. Who knows what's inside that little i assure you that it is not <laughs> it could be it could be <laughs> it, no, it's it. not real meat it is not uh, it could actually be the the, the, the dog of, uh, never mind. but a patty mount has a burger and it's a sandwich taco is a spanish sandwich well, stay tuned taco is a spanish sandwich i like that great <laughs> That's a great take. Isn't man. that what a torta is? I don't know. You know, we'll we'll just we'll have another special pod the next time we do a live show. Yeah, we can yeah, have we a debate. Nick can uh, collect his thoughts a little bit because he was he was not making sense. It's, I'm sure it's just an early Monday, um, an early Monday morning. A Jamaican patty is just no, no, no way to work, huh? It's a patty. A, Jam yeah. a Jamaican patty is kind of like a ravioli, but we can talk about that. Yeah, another time. Talk about <laughs> Jamaican ravioli. Jamaican ravioli. It's a Jamaican ravioli. Beef. 
before we talk a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball and kind of wrap up this spring game, obviously we were able to talk to uh, to to Nate with Florida Victorious. We also want to make sure that we give. A special shout out to our friend uh, over at Gatorverse. Go check out the Gatorverse.io, uh, a unique and different way to support the student athletes at the University of Florida. Brian and his team uh, at the Gatorverse and uh, with Open Locker have been very much that there is a concerted uh, effort uh, with multiple different angles to help the student athletes at the University of Florida. Uh, the Gatorverse is one to go. Go visit Gatorverse.io and go support student athletes at the university of florida shout out to nathan in uh in the comments he said a sandwich without meat is called a wish sandwich <laughs> well, this I, is nuts I we're, we're off the rails meat. <laughs> <Shout out to laughs> <laughs> um, all right so uh any final thoughts on the spring game before we get into recruiting yeah yeah, yeah. Got, good a lot, more, a lot to a lot, go over a lot, um, lot, lot more thoughts all right, so I'll get on my soapbox real quick. So um, what was your opinion of Thursday night? And and now it's two years in a row of having the game on a Thursday night. I don't like it. Not a fan of it. Not a fan. Scrap um, it. I'm, so on my soapbox a little bit here, I, I understand why you did Thursday year one. You're, you're playing from behind in terms of recruiting. Let's get an opportunity for guys not to have to choose. Um, year two, you did a little bit less, but I still did. Um, to me, you did not have – they listed 42,000 as an attendance. That, egregious. Not, no, not, there's not, no way. You could have flipped the first two numbers, and that would have been more accurate, but probably still uh, more than they were actually there. Um, the offense, At least the weather held off, right? The offense, yeah, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. the beautiful part. The offense wasn't great. So now for the first half, you have a silent empty stadium. Um and now created a one, situation where you've got guys, 300 recruits, 12 of which you might actually be recruiting, in an empty, quiet stadium. And now they get to go to Georgia on Saturday and see 70,000 people because they're not having to take days off of work. I think at this point, going into year three, when we're talking about this time next year, going into year three, you need to start competing with those schools that you're running away from right now who mm -hmm. um, are having their spring games on Saturday. Make these guys decide. Hey, I'm going to go to Florida instead of Georgia. I like what they're telling me, what they're selling me, what the the depth chart looks like for my. Yeah, you're going to lose that right now. I like I, I like think, it. I want the games think, on Saturday, but you're going to lose that battle to Georgia right oh, now. In year three, in year three, um, I, I'm I, I'm out. I'm, I'm out on Thursday uh, spring games. I think you're having issues getting fans to the game. Um, there was no juice in that stadium on Thursday night. I think you need to. To go back to Saturday, um, I don't know what the season is going to look like. I don't think Florida is going to have a great SEC East contending type of team in year in 2023. So I think you need to start catering to the fans a little bit more. And by putting the spring game, which should is just a glorified practice, by making it harder to come to, I think you're alienating some of the fans uh, that live out of town. Uh, Dan, you would have been you would have been in in Gainesville if the game were on a Saturday. Couldn't be there yeah. on a Thursday. Um, so I get why you've done it for two years. I don't think you should do it again. Uh, in your off my soapbox. I don't know what changed, right? I mean, Florida obviously had a, a really good stretch of, of 20 or 25 years there. Uh, but outside of that, this game has been played on Saturday forever. So whether you're recruiting from behind, recruiting from ahead. I don't know when we made this concerted effort to try to be 
different or to try to say, hey, we're going to get these guys from going to visit elsewhere. Right now, could Florida lose some commits to Georgia or some some visitors? Maybe. But at the end of the day, like for, I don't know, I'm going to say 50 years. I don't know how long the Orange and Blue debut has actually been a thing that has attracted recruits and visitors and all that kind of stuff. Um, but we've had it on Saturday for every year. You try something new. It's not that great last year. It's not good this year. Even watching it on TV was was not an enjoyable thing well, to watch. You had to, you had to stream it because you you, you said you were going to get a national audience um, when they played LSU Kentucky baseball on Thursday night in the slot when Florida was playing. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get a national audience. You only streamed it on SC Network Plus. So another thing that you know was told to the media from Florida to get this message there to combat angry fans by it being on Thursday – wasn't true because the game was not even nationally broadcast. Right. Yeah. You had to, you had to find ESPN plus there's people complaining about the cost of it and everything else. Right. So, or, or you just find apathy, right. I just happened to be at a bar. I, we were eating dinner and I just pulled up my phone um, because it wasn't on TV. I said, Hey, can we put on the, the spring game right outside of the lightning game? There's really nothing else on. And I said, Hey, can we put on this? We don't get it. And so I pulled it up on my phone. It's not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. You can stream it to your phone, but now you're making it more complicated, right? Then you can say that you had a lot of recruits, but how many of them were you actually recruiting? Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. Florida got some big names in. You can say, Oh, 300 recruits came in. I remember when I worked at the football recruiting office to be like, Oh wow. We have 190 visitors this weekend. There was like, 11 that you're actually recruiting. So of that 300, Florida maybe has 30 or 40 guys. So I don't want you to get caught up in how many people seemingly made the trip because Buholtz was represented and PK Young was represented. And East Side had a lot of people, I'm sure, right, in surrounding areas where it was easier to get up on a Thursday. But you can't tell me that it's easier to get your team up and back on a Thursday day and night than it would be on doing it on a Friday night, doing it on a Saturday day, doing it Saturday night, right? I don't, I just, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Yeah, I don't have any uh, Thursday game takes. <laughs> I really don't, man. They, they switch it back then, cool. I get why they're trying to do it. Uh, spring game is just, it's, it's blah anyway. Uh, it's just, it's just not that. I don't, I didn't see an exciting spring game around the country. Uh, so they're like all terrible games. Uh, it's glorified practice, but uh, I, I like Austin Armstrong's uh, defense. I thought he called a good defense. Um, I thought he w- was super aggressive for a spring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally don't see a ton of blitzes. Uh, we're giving the offense a lot of flack, but I didn't see watching other spring games around the country. I didn't see a lot of design coverages and schemes and blitzing from different spots. Uh, our offensive line was already makeshift work. You know, Austin Armstrong threw the, the kitchen sink at them boys. Um, so I did like his approach. And you can see when uh, Billy Napier told him to call the dogs a little bit uh, and we were able to move the ball. So I do. I, what do you guys think about that? Do you, do, you, do you like that? And I know he needs the reps as a D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not that seasoned. So I, I like that he was able to get out there and call some calls, get a little bit aggressive. Uh, Billy wasn't calling the offense, but I thought he did a good job. I like this energy. Uh, he had a hand gesture at the end of the game. Um mm. Should we yep. pull it up? Why not? He's young. Yeah. Uh, really, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't like 29, this. yeah. Yeah, wouldn't like this from a season DC, uh, but you can see some youth in it. Uh, great gif for, for trolling purposes, so I'm going to enjoy that all fall. Uh, but I like his energy. 
high energy guy. I like the way he called the defense. It's going to be very aggressive. Yeah, that was just uh, one of the defensive play calls. Uh, is, is that a play call? It looked sure. like the game was over. Uh, yeah, maybe just to, hey, we got you on this play. This play call. <laughs> <laughs> on, <laughs> I will say while I'm while I'm pulling this up. Um, That's that- wild. Hey, I put my put my PR hat on real quick. What do you think the name of that play is? I don't know. I'm done. Uh, unload. unload. Maybe maybe it's engage eight. That's the unload it is, play. It is definitely engage eight. Sending everything. <laughs> oh, we're going raw dog. Hey, bro, I raw dogged you. Watch this. What? Two, there it is. Oh <laughs> uh, man, bro, he's just he's a football's guy. Like, yeah. look. Like everything about this guy screams, of course, Saban, Kirby Smart's tree, Muschamp. But he's he's got that energy of that tree, that coaching tree, man. I I, I like it's his like energy. He's got to get. He's got to mature a little bit. Um, though you can't. A lot of that's not gonna fly if he's not winning games. Uh, yeah, that'll be brought be up. Offended. Yeah, yeah. Some, some people be offended by that at a big game or on the big stage. So, yeah, I um, Harrison, let the record show. I did. I tried. Nick tried his best to to defend him. No, I, I think what you wanted to see out of him is what you, you did see, funny. right? You, you've had a few months with him. He had a, an offense that could be attacked. The offense was attacked that way by the, the defense. I thought that they played well. You saw some improvement. Uh, you know, Jason Marshall looked really good. I thought some of the linebackers, including Jane Robinson, looked uh, good. Obviously, you've seen some improvement at the defensive tackle position. You infuse some talent, but you're, you're starting to see some better work there. And I'm not saying that Florida's offense sputtered because of how great the defense did only, but I do think that they played a, a big role in the offense not looking maybe as, as pretty as you expect. And with a, a new our new defensive coordinator with a bunch of new talented or a bunch of new talent on that team. Yeah, I, I I thought the defense, you know, certainly was was my star of the game. It felt like he was calling a game that's in the middle of SEC play. Like he was he was super aggressive and was scheming to stop certain things. Uh he was loading the box to keep us from being super run happy because he know this team, our quarterback play isn't that great. So they got some looks that they probably see this fall from Austin Armstrong, that's for sure. Did you guys see anything? Oh, go ahead, Nick. I, I think a lot of um, – l- listen, I don't think Florida has an all-SEC caliber quarterback, but I think a lot of the offensive struggles aren't pinned on the quarterback as much as pinned on the offensive line, which was banged up. Um, quarterbacks were running for their lives, uh, even with non-contact jerseys on, because the defensive line was able to take advantage of a banged-up offensive line that then had snap issues. So. Um, you need to you need to get I think probably like Dan said a some some backups some 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 depth in, in the portal uh, and you need to get these guys healthy. Uh, Florida is going to run the football. Um, you've got two Big Ten quarterbacks. You're going to have a Big Ten offense running the football this year. I think you need to get uh, a cohesive five starters and, and then hope to God, pray to God that they stay healthy. Already. Uh, any final takes before we get into recruiting? Mm, final takes. Both 88s look good. I like Mike Marcus Burke as well. I like Caleb Douglas at receiver. Um, Aiden Mazel is going to be a problem. I know we like uh, Andy G. Andy G made, made a play as well. Uh, made some guys miss. Love the young receivers. I think all three are going to play. Eugene Wilson, when he gets on campus, they're all going to contribute. 
um, regardless of their physical statute, they all just can separate. And we're going to need some separations to help these help the receivers. Um, I want to see Taraji Mitchell play. Uh, we ran into his 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 father out there, Taraja. Yeah, the pops, man, the whole family. They listen to the Stadium Miguel. They hang out with us a little bit on this show. But he he seen me walking by and he waved me down. He's like, "Hey, man, you say my son's name right, man. You say my son's name right, wrong." Uh, so shout out to Taraja Smith. Want to see him healthy and in the fold. Well, his name's the last name's not Smith, so Mitchell. Mitchell. <laughs> man, his dad's gonna flag you down. Taraja, be like, Taraja, Taraja Mitchell. Bro, I got, I got. I got the props. I got the props. Mr. Mitchell looked at Silk and was like, you're saying my son's name wrong. Pointed at me. He goes, he's saying it right. <laughs> Shout out to me. What but I was about positive me? about your son. Nick probably said something negative. No, absolutely no, not. Not yet. <laughs> well, uh, hello, yet. Mr. Mitchell. I've been saying his name right the whole time as well. So uh, shout out to us. I don't think I ever said it wrong. I just say no, you can't trust so. black people's spelling of, of names. Like we that's definitely something I never said. So <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't I got um, that part of the uh, rainbow coalition of the show. I got it. All right. Let's 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 talk a little bit of the Gators grab four star uh, safety from McKinney, Texas, Xavier Philosame. Phil Summy, Phil Summy, Phil Summy, Phil Summy is actually what uh, what I was told as well, and I that's that's my fault. Phil Summy, uh, Phyllis, no, Phil Summy is what I got. Would you philosophically get, speaking? What'd you get? Phil Sum, Phil Summy, Phil Sum, P H I L dash S O M E dash, either me or May M A Y. We'll see. Phil, I think Phil Summy, Phil Summy. Hmm. Silk? Any any guesses here? He put it on the timeline. It's, Hold it's on. Phil Samay. Phil Samay. Yeah, it's got to be French. He's from Orlando. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure he speaks a little Creole. Uh, shout out to my hey. Sapase. Um, Sapase. 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 Maboule. I think th- th- this dude hits. Um, I think it's a great pickup for Billy oh. Napier. Um, I think it's a great pickup for Florida. Um, and, and early in the cycle as well. So, uh, where does 2024 recruiting success? Keep talking, Nick. Why'd you stop? Because damn, it sounded like he was going to say the pronunciation guy there. That's why I stopped. It's just a video. Um, I think I think a really really good player. Um, I think Florida has done a really good job last year. Um, in six defensive backs. Um, saw Dijon Johnson. Um, at, at the spring game, after the spring game. Um, so I, I think you're, the, the class is starting really well. And when you mm-hmm. get a quarterback like DJ Lagway to begin and then you see the efforts that he's going through um, to, to fill the class around him, um, another kid from the Lone Star State from Texas, I think Flores um, really got the ball rolling and has the, the potential – to have a, a program-changing type of class in 24. I love love, love his film. Um, like you said, downhill, he has the speed to do some other ball and the stuff on the back mm-hmm. end. And hopefully they, they develop that part of his game. But uh, run support, being able to tackle an open field in college football and football in these days is just paramount. You got to be able to tackle an open field. He's great at it, bro. Like, look at – watch him run the alley right here. This is gangster stuff right here, bro. 
Meet him in the alley. When the last time we seen a safety to meet somebody in the alley like that, man? Great get. Um, just Corey Raymond is gonna the safety room is gonna be very, very well rounded. Um, uh, from the class mm-hmm. last year, the class this year, uh, you just got some studs. Uh, even with Kamari, every safety that they that they have brought in so far, I think can tackle an open field, top end speed and athleticism. Love it. Yeah, he is a five-star on 247. He's a four-star on the others. Um, I I know that we're going to be getting some rating changes from on three uh, here in the next couple of days. Uh, so he might climb up, might go down. I don't know. But right now he is a composite four-star. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll do what everybody else does. We'll call him a five-star because one, one service ranked him that way. He's an incredible athlete. I think that he's one of the best. Obviously ranked as, as number two on on three. He's one of the best safety uh, prospects in the country, not, not just this year, but maybe in the last couple of years. Uh, I think that he's an incredible player. I think that he's going to really be impactful for the University of Florida. He is like Ooh. a safety that Florida has not had in some time, the ability to go up and attack you know, attack the box and to, to attack the lanes and the alleys and everything else Corey was talking about. He goes up and hits. He's not afraid. He has some good ball hawking skills as well. Being able to add him to the room that Florida has, it's, it's, he is a, a desperate need uh, that Florida can now build a, a defense around. And I don't think that this is going to be the last uh, top flight safety that will commit to the University of Florida oh, no. uh, here in the next few weeks. No, no, man. Top tier stuff on the way. He plays a little star as well. We've struggled with getting the guy since Chauncey Gardner to play that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see him line up there and have the hips and, and uh, athleticism to play that spot. So, uh, a lot to like about this kid. I like the physicality, bro. You can't mm-hmm. teach. I want to smack. Look at look at him. Every time he smacks somebody in the face, bro, he getting up like, give me some more. Uh, seeing him in the uh, in the locker room when I walked through that with Lagway, physically impressive kid in person as well. And DJ Lagway is a monster. Shook his hand. I oh, feel like geez. his fingers came up to my forearm. I'm like, this is a big hit. You know? But, um, yeah, good get by the staff. And the safety, safety, safety class should be one of the best in the country. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, right now, the Gators do rank uh, number four in the country on, on three. Uh, they do have the second highest overall ranked class. Uh, in, the, uh, in the country right now. Average so, yeah, average player rating, uh, which is – just leaps and bounds ahead of FSU. So if you go to 247's rankings right now, you'll see Florida State ranked just one spot ahead of the University of Florida with three more commits and a a star rating that that truly is the difference between eating at a Michelin star restaurant and eating at a I don't even know, a White Castle that's that's close to being closed down. You know? <laughs> um so uh with with uh, with the commitment of uh, Xavier Filsame, we are Filsame. We did uh, talk about some prospects that Florida uh, is looking at at the safety position. Uh, we've mentioned Boatwright, uh, a name that we mentioned that uh, came back on the market uh, last week was the name uh, Jordan Pride. Jordan Pride had been com- previously committed uh, to Florida State. He announced that he would be opening up his uh, commitment on I believe it was Thursday of last week. He did make it to the University of Florida uh, for the game on Thursday. So I think it was announced Wednesday. Uh, ranked as the 88th overall uh, player in the country, the number six safety from Bluntstown, Florida, 6'1 uh, and a half, 175 pounds. I uh, did get a couple of crystal balls and on three recruiting prediction machine uh, predictions thrown his way. So um, that is a name to, to look out for as well. Other recruiting news 
Uh, I do know that the Gators look very, very good for a 2025 defensive back uh, that uh, we will talk about here in the next day or so, or next couple of weeks or so. I know that that's a name that they don't want to leak out, but uh, it's just say it's a West Coast Florida kid who looks uh, very promising to commit to the University of Florida for the class of 2025. It's our understanding right now that Florida is trying to uh, kind of stage their commitments out a little bit more to keep the momentum going rather than getting a bunch of commitments uh, just at one time. Uh, Nick Selk, any any recruiting thoughts before I pull up the list of visitors that Florida had this past weekend? I think there were um, – I think you could have had two or three um, uh, commits pop uh, on Thursday, um, but Florida kind of likes to keep themselves in the news cycle. The staff understand, understands the news cycle, and I think rather than having a monstrous one day, I think you'll see um, – some of those guys start to commit, you know, in the coming days and weeks um, and uh, kind of just keep positivity going uh, throughout the offseason. Florida has shown, I think Silk's mentioned it before, just like an understanding of momentum and mm-hmm. get a huge momentous day. But if you have three guys, instead of throwing them all out on Thursday, having them come out over a couple of weeks um, and kind of keep yourself, keep your name, uh, in the headlines. What are we hearing about? I know some uh, crystal balls, predictions at own three, two, four, seven, other sites, rivals uh, with uh, Mario Craver, uh, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, what do you guys think about his, his recruitment? Is he deciding soon? Let me see. I I know Florida was looking at – there was a couple of people that Florida had ahead of him. I know uh, Nitro was one of them. Um, he committed to Georgia uh, last week. Uh, I do think that Florida um, has Cravers probably uh, behind him. So does that move – you know, him up to a point where he is a take or is he still not a take based on what the class looks like? Florida's obviously recruiting a lot of guys at wide receiver. They did lose Chance Williams, uh, who they were recruiting, uh, did commit to Miami. Don't know how high he was on Florida's board uh, as it is, but Florida does have needs at wide receiver where they don't have anybody committed right now. Um, but I don't know if Cravers is a take yet or if you see where some other dominoes fall uh, just yet. I, I, I like Craver if he is a take. Um, I would love to have him in his class. He's, he's smaller at five nine, but explosive, mm-hmm. uh, slot guy. Uh, you just want to—he's a yak monster. He, if you cut on his tape, he chews up yards after he touched the ball. Um, a lot of—I know we get to Billy selling him on the Percy Harvin role and that. Uh, one mind even he's from Alabama, putting some Kadarius Tony speech on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's more straight line speed, faster than Kadarius Tony, but a lot of big playmaker abilities with uh, yards after the catch. You need guys like that in your offense, or not just speed, not just uh, guys that you know six four and and got the, the the size that you want. But you need football players, and I think uh, Craver is just a football player. You mm-hmm. need guys like that. Yeah, and a Chance Robinson. I called him Chance Williams. Uh, Chance Robinson is the the individual that committed to Miami from us uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas. When, I, when we lost Ben uh, Hypolite, I, I didn't. I thought we would probably not get Chance Robinson. Um, yeah. I think I thought that was a big play for us having him in this class. Uh, your your guy uh, Gatlin Bear. Mm-hmm. 
Bear Gatlin did not include Florida in his top. Uh, oh man, his top I gotta, five. So I gotta I tamper, man. you got to tamper. tamper. I got to call tamper harder. Man. Silk, man, yeah. he's so fast, bro. Yeah, um, a, a lot of Pacific Northwest schools, and then maybe Michigan was the other one. Go be great, White Lightning. Mm. Uh, let's see. Any final recruiting thoughts uh, for the weekend? Uh, did you guys expect more fireworks? Are you guys disappointed uh, in the lack of fireworks? Not disappointed because I'm like Nick. Some guys that, that we know are going to pop, it's more of them stringing them along and keeping the momentum going and being strategic with uh, their drops. So, mm-hmm. nah, nah, man, I like the way things are unfolding. It's going to be fun and adventurous uh, this summer. It's going to be a lot different than last summer. It was a lot of dramatics last year. Last year gave me, like, anxiety with dealing with the shenanigans right before commit, them getting pushed back, and then the bidding wars, all of that, bro. It's, just, it's a different vibe, different feel this cycle. Um, I think we we get close to that top five class. We all know we need to close that gap uh, this mm-hmm. year. Um, I like the quality that they're getting. All these are very quality guys. Uh, our average is one of the best average, if not the best average in the top ten, right, or in the country. Yeah, um, so, too. Right. Georgia just landed a five-star defensive back, like, just now, so – uh, but we got to keep the quality of kids. I like the quality. And I like the, the pace we at. Uh, lag, we're going to get us some studs as well. Are you guys still worried the way that I am? And this isn't just a damn thought, right? A lot of people have it about offensive line and just kind of the lack of commitments there, the lack of visitors that that seemingly are making it to campus. I mean, that's That's probably my biggest gripe right now is Florida desperately needs help. And I know that they're going to really try to attack the portal and that's great. But again, you have to remember why a lot of the guys are in the portal and you're not going to be able to bat a hundred percent or probably even 75%. Uh, you do need to show your ability to, to re- develop high school guys, or you're going to always have that problem. Right. But are you guys concerned at all? Or uh, I think they upgrade from the last staff uh, recruiting with offensive line, but that's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, like after getting, if you're getting top tier quarterbacks, and it seemed to be an investment of of us going out to like top tier guys. I think I said this at signing day when we had Rashad in the fold and then get elite offensive linemen. I said it back then. You're bringing in elite quarterbacks. You got to protect these guys with elite offensive tackles, man. Um, we got to figure out what that is. What we missing on the trail to not get the top tier guys? And it's a lot of lot of way, ways to go this cycle. Um, but I would I would like more movement as far as visitors, and especially having two guys uh, coaching and recruiting the position. Absolutely. Yeah. Defensive line um, right now I know could use some help too, uh, but – I heard we're, we're, the heat up. We're still, we're still eight months away from, from national signing day there. Any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we get to the closeout of our show and Nick's favorite part of the show where we get to talk about baseball? Um, but you guys want to close yeah. out with anything else on the weekend? Yeah, John Brower's in here talking smack about Florida. Um, Michigan lost 15 of the last 18 to Ohio State. So mm. I don't know what he's doing in here. Who's this? John Brower. Oh. Yeah, Brewer. Michigan fan? Yeah. Michigan. I appreciate, appreciate your list. Make sure you hit the like button. <laughs> and <laughs> subscribe. Hey, hit the subscribe like. too. Your coach has slumber parties with recruits, man. Love yourself. Yeah. And we're about to uh, – yeah, anyway. So uh, – Nick, any um, let's let's talk baseball before we do that. Let's go go to a, a shout out uh, alumni hall. Sorry, 
uh, alumnihall.com or visit them on Archer Road in Gainesville, Florida. The best in uh, t-shirts, polos, golf apparel uh, for football, basketball, baseball, softball, uh, track and field, whatever it might be. Go visit alumnihall.com or go visit them on Archer Road in beautiful Gainesville, Florida, right there past the Chick-fil-A that has three drive throughs So again, alumnihall.com or Archer Road Alumni Hall. Uh, Nick, new Chick lease. Is, Chick-fil-A is elite at uh, dealing with lines and service. Yes, man. They, like that line, I used to be nervous heading to it. And he's like monstrous. I'm like, no, nah, this is about to be a breeze, man. Oh. Like this flows, you know. Yeah, walk thank up to you your for car. being there too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They'll stand out there, rain or shine, pouring down rain. Yeah. They just, you got, they got the iPad. They're working 12, you know, 13 cars deep into the line. So I was at a, uh, at a Zaxby's with my son the other day and uh, just got him his food, but I needed a spoon for mine. Right. So I was like, Hey, can I get a spoon? Like, uh, what do you need a spoon for? Like, bro, I know I got chicken tenders and fries, but I need a spoon. See at Chick-fil-A. (laughs) <laughs> they wouldn't have asked me why I needed a spoon. They just gave me a spoon. you for not having it in the bag already. Right, yeah. right. I should have known you were. Yeah, they would have thrown a free coupon in there, too. He's yeah, a, a, a sport, sir, just in case you, <laughs> you, want, you want to poke something as well. <laughs> in case you want to poke something. Won't, won't be a hot dog. All right, Nick, what do you uh... – <laughs> I, uh, I threw a couple I threw a couple things, uh, a couple of tweets in there for you, Dan, to – Oh, yeah. For our baseball segment here, uh, Florida comes out Friday night, gets great start from Brandon Sprout. Um, unfortunately, Brandon Neely, who led, leads the SEC in saves, comes in, has um, just an awful performance, gives up seven runs. Georgia comes back, wins on Friday night. Kirsten Waldrip shoves on Saturday. He gets a win, sets up a rubber match. Um, earlier in the game, uh, Jack Caglione had struck out a Georgia batter. Uh, and was warned. Brandon Neely, who had the bad game on Friday, gets an opportunity, comes in, runners on base, gets a strikeout, uh, celebrates. Uh, Brian DeBrower, don't know how to say it, did not like the celebration. Kevin O'Sullivan did not like his closer being tossed in the eighth mm. inning. They um, tossed him for celebrating? Tossed he him didn't, it, he, he didn't even really look like you celebrate. He looks like he just did a little flex, let's go. So, My thing is, is if a batter can oh, throw their bat to Jupiter, yeah. then why can't a pitcher who has no apparatus in their hand flex a little bit? Yeah, you do a bat flip, I do a flex flip. I, uh, yeah, so, right so the umpires have been my told, cup in that situation. Umpires have been told to uh, crack down on taunting. Um he painted himself into a corner. Jack Caglione didn't say anything uh, when he struck out the batter earlier, but the umpire thought he stared at him a little bit long. Somebody commented that I follow or that, that got that the tweet ended up. That's an unwritten rule of baseball that pitchers don't show any sort of emotion. Um can we start writing down That's the a rules crazy of baseball? Rule. No. Can we start? Can we start writing down all of these yeah. unwritten rules of baseball? I have heard <laughs> probably over a thousand unwritten rules of my life of baseball, and to me, that sounds like a terrible way to to run an organization. So yeah, yeah, sure. I okay. say, what we do? Yeah. We get all the baseball fans together in a room. We start writing down all these unwritten <laughs> rules. That way, we have written rules. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It seems, it seems sure. to me, but. 
All right, hockey. I like I like that. Have, there's there. a way of there's a way of carrying yourself, and the game has changed. He carried himself like a gentleman. Did like, you know that in hockey way. you don't get tossed for that, Nick? What you do get Fight. the next time you go out there on the ice is you get slammed to the boards. <laughs> I think that that's what we should do right. in baseball. Right. <laughs> so the way part of the unwritten rules are you don't show up the other team, and, and you now, don't even know if those are unwritten rules, Nick, because the rules <laughs> aren't written down. <laughs> you know, but you. You do get to see Coral Springs High School legend David Cop right here on the screen. Listen, yelling at was a, right? thought, throw. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a gentleman's brag, bro. Like, what do you, what do you right. want him to do? Like, just walk to the dugout all humbly? Nah, bro. I'm scragging people have, out. I got to talk much. I have the floor. Yes, you got the floor. Okay. So the umpire painted himself into a corner by warning Florida and Jack Caglione earlier. Neely turned to the Georgia dugout, yelled, come on. He's excited. He's pumped. He just had the worst outing of his life 48 hours ago. He gets yeah, I'm dealing, baby. Huge, puts into a huge spot, gets a three-pitch strikeout, wants to uh, release some emotion. Uh, so Unload. he gets tossed. That now, is, the issue bro. with that is Florida has four games this week. Brandon Neely, as a pitcher, getting tossed means he has a four-game suspension. So – your, your number three versus number six, Florida's goes up to Columbia, South Carolina this week. Um, you're not going to have your closer in, in what should be a tight series. So that's a big issue for Florida. They'll appeal. I don't think that they will get – I don't think they'll win the appeal because this is what the SEC is trying to take <laughs> out of the game. Um, Jack Cacalone hits a monstrous opposite field grand slam. Make sure to not celebrate – Whatsoever, like a robot. <laughs> an oppo taco, or or what yeah, we call oppo, oppo taco. Don't do an, it. An oppo, an oppo it, Mexican man. sandwich. Okay, Jack. Jack, make sure to penguin his way back to the dugout. There, uh, I like that. No I like the sarcastic brag, man. That's the the no selly selly is, is, yeah. is that's what the kids would call that. Um, but it uh, Florida gets the win. Jack Caglione has four. This is a wild stat. Four multi-home run games this year three of those come on sundays when he's been the starting pitcher uh, i think that you would maybe perform worse in in one of the two things you're being asked to do not for jack um uh just an electric celebration there uh we asked him about it uh laughed a little bit um so florida stays at number three this week uh they'll get fam you the mighty rattlers on tuesday night at Condren Ballpark before a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Uh, I, I believe it's called Founders Park in Columbia, South Carolina. Great team. Hit the crap out of the ball. Uh, and they played a tiny little ballpark. So we might get some football scores. Oh, yeah. Might get yeah. some football scores this weekend. And I need them boys not to do the little robot. I need them to do a gritty all the way to home plate, man. Get, <laughs> get, get tossed. Let's get busy. So ba basically the unwritten rules of baseball. Damn, baseball – handles themselves kind of like hockey. And if mm. you want to bat flip, if I'm a pitcher and you bat flip a home run, or I think you yeah, stared your home run too long, that's cool. You're going to, yeah. you're going to get in the ribs next at bat. And yeah. that that's an unwritten rule. So and then we got to fight <laughs> kind of like, Hey, you, you hit, you hit our star forward. We're going to have to throw down. Once I made the unwritten rule of if, if somebody smacked but... his unwritten rule, if somebody smacks your ball out of the park, Throw better balls next time. Don't hit me with a pitch because yeah. I flexed on you. No, pitch better. Yeah. Silk does make a good point. Is that an unwritten rule? Just to pitch you better. Play, you play you don't want better? to stare at home runs, then don't let me hit home runs. Uh, right. Uh, then, on the other hand, you know, 
some pitchers would like to celebrate. So if you're going to celebrate, then that's fine. Hurston Waldrip does not celebrate. He strikes out. He's stone faced. He goes back to the dugout. Uh, uh, two weekends ago, Auburn before. Someone <laughs> <laughs> daily double on time. Um, it, it's it's Hurston Waldrip doesn't like it. He doesn't want anyone to celebrate on him. He doesn't celebrate. Um, to me, if you're going to celebrate, then be prepared to wear a pitch and or have a pitcher yell at you when you get when you strike out. Hitting is hard. Mm, uh, most successful sure. hitters fail 70% of the time. A 300 batting average is very good in, the, in Major League Baseball. That means you're failing 70% of the time you go to do your job. Uh, so I can't, hurt, I can't hurt your feelings. To me, I'm fine. Celebrate either way. Yeah. All on too many feelings and unwritten rules in baseball. Yeah, Y'all gotta lighten up a little bit, man. Yeah, you gotta lighten up and write down your rules. Do you shout think out, that people Nick, would be more lightened up if they didn't have to spend the entire time racking their brain about what the unwritten rule is? No, maybe, there, maybe there's just too much on their uh on their mind, Nick. Uh, I'm done with you, Dan. All right, you Dan, D- Canadian Dan, Canadian Dan. All right, what do you say we move on, eh? Uh, let's see. <laughs> The Gators, the Gators at gymnastics team want to give them a, a very big and, and large congratulations. They uh, competed in the national championship rounds on uh, this past week. Uh, they do come up just a hair short to Oklahoma uh, to finish as the overall runners up uh, in gymnastics this season. Trinity Thomas did get a 10, which puts her tied for all time for most 10s by a gymnast, truly elite goat activity from Trinity Thomas, friend of the program here. Uh, but congratulations to the women's gymnastics program, a very close second place. And it was the highest score that they've ever gotten at a regional or uh, national championship event. So congratulations to the women's gymnastics program, to Jenny Rowland, friend of the program and Trinity Thomas and the rest of those Gators as they, a lot of them move on to the next level, but uh, great job. In other news, um, what was I looking at? Gators tennis, uh, men's and women's both, uh, both struggled a little bit this past week. Uh, but, uh, men lose to South Carolina, uh, women do beat Auburn, uh, to advance, uh, just a, a year where Florida's doing a lot of replacement, uh, of their current, uh, of, of their roster from last year where they did so well. Uh, women's softball does go two of three against Georgia. Um, I know that they had a big event uh, for a lot of the former softball players from the Alley Gardner era uh, that were up there. So it's great to see them watch. But uh, where Florida sits right now in uh, summer, or pardon me, in spring sports, baseball's 30 and 7, 11 and 4 in the SEC. Gymnastics finishes 28 and 5, 6 and 1 in the SEC, and obviously number two overall in the country. Lacrosse is 11 and 3, 3 and 1 uh, in the. AAC, I believe that they're that they're in. Softball's 31 and 11, 8 and 7 in the SEC. Uh swimming and diving is 5 and 1, 1 and 1 in the SEC. Women's is 6 and 1, 3 and 0. Men's tennis 13 and 12, 5 and 7. Women's tennis 15 and 6. And with that, um I believe it's my song of the week. Is that right? Already. Oh, we forgot to mention it, Nick. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh men's Basketball at the University of Florida 
did receive a couple of transfers this past week. Tyrese Samuel, the six foot ten grad transfer from Seton Hall, was a 33 game starter, averaged 11 points as a senior. Fantastic uh, player, originally from Montreal, Canada. Uh, so he is going to be joining EJ Jarvis, who we had already talked about, uh, who is coming over from Yale. Uh, we mentioned on the last show that Michael Hanlogton, Logton, Hanlogton. I'm going to go with Micah Hanlogton uh, from Marshall. I uh, was going to likely be transferring to the University of Florida, and he announced uh, that he would be joining uh, the roster. And then, uh, not long after, he announced. Walter Clayton Jr. Uh, on Wednesday announced that he would be transferring from Iona to the University of Florida. Uh, he had been talked about potentially going and, and following Rick Pitino, uh to St. John's, I believe, or, or St. Joe's. Uh, but he does decide to come to the University of Florida, originally from Lake Wales, a highly ranked guy uh, in the transfer portal. And if you look at the transfer portal ratings and everything else, Todd Golden has brought in some absolutely spectacular talent, has added a lot of hype to the team. Uh, and one of the services had Florida's recruiting uh, transfer recruiting class ranked the number one overall in the country. Um, he said, "Put the no in Pitino." Mm, like that. I do hmm. what I can. Hmm. Do what I, I like can. Good, cool. You're welcome. That's what I'm here you for. Got, you guys have been pretty witty, witty today, man. Overall, B grade. All right, so it's my uh, my song of the week. I, th- I think. Yeah, what you got, man? I don't know. Um, you, got some, you got some slaps. Probably. Let's see. All right. Shout, last out, shout, week. Out to, uh, shout out to uh, just a lot of people stopped me and hung out with me over the weekend, man. Okay. Remy, uh, Stink, all those guys from Twitter I got to hang out with and see this weekend. What happened um, that one on What happened? What happened with your one on one with Stink? I let him off the hook, man. I didn't want to. Oh. We, didn't, we didn't sign any waivers. Uh, okay. and, and, and I didn't want to get Nelly in any trouble with you know getting us in the building, and then I mm-hmm. I, I do some I get into my bag like and an put him in the blender, and he tears yeah. the ACL, mm-hmm. and then we set the program back. We just got fast, and those guys to rebrand some things, get mm-hmm. NIL going. I didn't want to you know hurt the finance department with you know my moves, so I just gave him a little yeah. I gave him a little 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 sample piece, man. I'm was, that was that was a very South Florida seven on seven move. Spent a lot of time at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, checks. Well, while the offensive guards are, are fighting for their lives, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of time moving and shaking within the first three yards. I'll say that. I had skinny jeans on as well, so I couldn't okay. really open up like I wanted to, you know? Mm. I, last thing you need is to split your skinny jeans uh, at 3 p.m. before a 7 o'clock kickoff. Yeah, and then I got to go get uh, you know, a bun, uh, hot, dogless hot dog with ripped jeans and a little crazy in the uh, touchdown terrace. I liked it up there. Away from the regulars. <laughs> Sorry, I was pick, I was picking a song during this conversation. Um, stay ready. Um, you ain't got to get ready, Dan. Yeah, you got to play with and slaps on deck. You ain't got to be searching to try to find some slaps. What you got? No, I've got to, I've got a great song here. But to, before we do that, I do want to apologize. Last week, super produ- super producer Cam, uh, who has batted. A thousand during his time as as producing, I will say we'll say nine ninety eight has been batting nine ninety eight. 
uh, during his nearly four years with Stadium and Gale. Did give you guys the wrong song. That's okay. Still go search, wait in the truck. Hopefully a lot of you guys use your intuition and said, hey, you know what? Maybe <laughs> there was a mistake here and not, hey, you know, there's a lot of hype up for a song and he didn't play it. That's okay. We gave you the name and artist for that reason. If there is, you know, a clerical error at the end, we do give you guys the tools to be able to find it on your own. Uh, <laughs> but uh, with that, uh, my song of the week is going to be Lost Kings featuring Wiz Khalifa. All right. uh, and the song is Don't Kill My High. So great a song. A little banger. So, uh, but if you're following on YouTube, you've made it through the end of the show, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please buy from all of our sponsors. And most importantly, don't be weird. Go Gators. And we'll see you guys next week. All righty. Come down right now. Yeah. So please don't call me out when I'm faded. Yeah. But you can't judge me right now. Oh, baby, I'm way too fucked up to explain it. Oh, who you think you are coming in this place trying to mess my buzz up? Say you want space, but it ain't the place to bring that shit up. Too hard to come down right now. Uh, so don't you call me out when I'm faded. Don't kill my heart, don't kill my heart, baby.